Can I let the part of me that wants to create something good, even on this private sketchbook page in my own private journal, can that part just sit down for a minute, please? And make room for this other part to come out and play. Because there's another part that would pick orange instead of, you know, the rational mind wants to pick blue because everybody likes blue and blue is my favorite color and all the reasons that you want to pick. There's this other part of you that wants to pick a different color because it's actually trying to tell you something. And you can only get that message if you let it move your hand and pick up the orange marker. And then what shape does that part of you want to create? Does it want to fill the page with that color? Does it want to do stripes or lines or dots? Is it moving quickly? Is it moving slowly? Let it lead you. Let it take you on an adventure. Imagine you have this friend inside of you that doesn't know how to talk, doesn't know how to speak your language, but has the most important message you'll ever hear inside waiting to share with you. And imagine yourself, you know, a scientist trying to come up with a way of understanding what that part of you is trying to say. friends. I, well, I'm going to admit I was a little bit shy about doing this again. I uh, did a few episodes that I was calling mini bonus episodes for the Creative Genius Podcast, and they were little episodes that were intended to be sort of bite-sized messages from me uh, that, you know, were things that I didn't get a chance to say in the conversations that I have with the guests during the regular episodes. You know, my job as I see it, as host of the Creative Genius Podcast, is to really see our guests as the whole human being that they are, not just the product of their art, not just the famous person that they are, if that's the case, not just their successes, not just who we see they are as a public persona, but who they are creatively as a creative entity, as a vehicle for this incredible intelligence that that we're all talking about all the time. And so what that means for me practically within an episode is often I'll have ideas or opinions or things that I just want to say that uh, don't get said because I don't want to make it be about my ideas. I'm, I'm sitting there trying to listen and, and ask questions that I think, you know, that for sure I want to know, but also that I think you would want me to ask them. And so what the result after, you know, 20 some episodes was I realized, well, geez, I have all of these ideas and offerings and thoughts and little inspirations uh, that I want to share with you. And I didn't really have anywhere to put them. And so I started doing these little mini episodes. And then I got a little nervous, I guess I felt a little self conscious because it was just me in the episode. And um, believe it or not, (laughs) I'm shy. So uh, I kind of stopped doing them for a little while there. And they are, you know, and the reality is, uh, truthfully, it's a tremendous amount of work to put together this show, just the regular episodes. And I also do have a really lovely little series of bonus episodes that happen every other week uh, inside my Patreon account. So people who support the Creative Genius Podcast pay anywhere from five to 20 or more a month. Uh, to belong to this private community where where I share a much more little intimate episode uh, every other week. So that does happen. And, you know, the truth was with all of it happening 
And then my self-consciousness around just putting myself out there and just talking to you directly with nobody else around, uh, I kind of shied away from doing these episodes. But I have been getting a lot of feedback from people asking me to do more of those solo episodes that I did last season. So here I am. And, you know, the intention is to share a little bit more of myself and my process and my thinking and my inspiration and ideas that come up and thoughts that struck me during the show or things I'm working on personally that I think would be helpful to your work as you find and deepen your connection with your inner creativity and your inner creative genius. So today I want to share with you a little bit of the work I'm doing to cultivate my own deep connection and communion with this presence that lives inside of me. And we can call it lots of different things, soul or spirit or creativity, self. I think today probably I'll call it self with a capital S because that's kind of the lens I've been looking at it through for the last month or so. Uh, and it's that it's that voice inside of us that whispers inspiration and desires. And it's the source of the urging we have to create and share our gifts with the world. This is the presence inside of us that can tell us what we're here to do. It's where we ultimately need to look to for purpose questions, for meaning of life questions. It's the source of all those things. It's actually the only source of those things. It's, only, it's, it's the only trustworthy source of those things. And many of us find it really difficult to actually come into contact with or find that within ourselves. And it isn't because it's necessarily hard to find, although sometimes we do put it away in a safe place, tucked deep away for safekeeping for various reasons. And we'll get into that in a minute. But for many of us, that voice is difficult to hear because we're not trained to know how to listen for it. And so that's one thing. And then also, it speaks in a language that we don't understand from our conditioning. You know, we're conditioned to see the world through the lens of our mind through our rational mind, it's kind of how we look at everything from ego, from mind. And there is another way to navigate and feel and sense around in, in our lives. And But we're not taught to, to explore life from that seat or from that place. And, and, you know, many of us experience trauma as younger people or at any point in our lives. And as an act of self-preservation, we have these instincts that kick in. And uh, they tuck this radiant, knowing, gentle, quiet part of ourselves, ourself with the capital S, those instincts come in and tuck that part of ourselves into a quiet part of our being for safekeeping while we're going through the terrible thing, whatever that is. And, you know, depending on how long your trauma goes on for, uh, you, all of us, we develop these these parts of us emerge, they sort of spread up all around us to protect ourselves. And so now it's not ourself that's leading our life anymore. It's these parts that we've sort of fabricated to be the, the soldiers at the door protecting that sacred special thing. And then, and then before we know, we're kind of living a life on autopilot or somebody else or something else or this group of protectors is actually where we're, where we're sourcing our most of our reactions and responses and ideas and even even perspectives on the world are all are all informed by our protectors and what they think their job is. And so I've recently embarked on some pretty deep work to go inside and identify and sit with and get to know these 
really incredible parts of myself that that sprouted up to protect me and and that somehow got left alone and are now the ones in charge of my life. And it's really fascinating, incredible, difficult, a little bit scary, but beautiful work to do. And I feel very grateful to have the opportunity to do it. And I want to share little bits of it with you when I can, because I think it's so powerful and it's so transformative. So whatever the reason is that we're not in open contact with this aspect of ourselves, this capital S elf of ourselves, it is possible in every moment to find it, to, to, to come into contact with ourselves. And it, it doesn't take a lifetime of therapy or reprogramming your mind or transcending some part of yourself or beating your ego into submission. It really is about curiosity and compassion and acceptance and a willingness to befriend these parts of ourselves that sprouted up to help protect us, to help keep this quiet, radiant creativity alive and burning somewhere within, within ourselves. And when we start to look at it, what I'm realizing is that, you know, I'm, I, I used to think I had these certain parts of my personality that were self-sabotaging or that would hold me back or I would be mad that I had this conditioning or this programming or these parts that were in charge and why can't I just come from a place of love all the time? And, you know, now that I'm starting to really have a deeper look under the hood, I realize that actually all of these parts that I've created to protect myself are on the same team. We're all on the same team and we all have the same MO. We're all trying to honor and protect and in our own way steward this spark of creativity, the self spark that lives inside of us. So I don't know if you know this about me. Uh, I mention it sometimes on the show, but I have two children, one who's 10 and one who is seven. And they're with me half the time. They go over to their dads the other half of the time. And I make a re- I made a really conscious decision a while back that when they're with me, they're really with me. They're not with my business. They're not with my stress. They're not with my anxieties. They're not with my grown-up business. You know, as much as possible. Obviously, I'm a human being and there are things that they are going to be exposed to. But one of the things that that meant for me was that I was in a very lucky position to be able to keep them with me and not have to send them off to a bunch of summer camps so I could get work done this summer. I took some time off to to spend with them. And, uh, you know, now that they're going back to school and we're back in the rhythm of that, uh, I'm now really sort of looking at all of the work that I have to do. There's there's actually quite a bit of catch-up work I have to do from having taken that time off work. But this is my one of my first weekends alone since they've gone back to school. And I realized that I wasn't going to just dive headlong into catching up on podcast editing and putting together all the morning moon jewelry orders and doing my marketing and my advertising, like all that stuff needs to get done and it will get done. But that I realized that I needed to take some time for myself to really work on cultivating a connection with some of these parts that I've been sort of identifying lately through some of this work that I've been doing. I'm somebody who, and you may have picked this up through listening to the podcast, I've gone through quite a bit of trauma in my life. And, uh, you know, I had a really difficult time coming into this world. My family of origin was very violent and dysfunctional. There was a lot of alcohol abuse and violence and tumult and chaos. And and that all resulted in me leaving home at a very young age. I was 14 when I first left home and I've been on my own ever since. And I'm not telling you that from a victimy place. I'm actually extremely grateful 
for every single thing that I've ever gone through. Each and every one of those experiences and traumas made me into the person that I am today. But they did have an impact on my being. And there's stuff that's trapped inside. And as I get older, and my connection with this creativity gets bigger, and it seems to just kind of want to, it's like a flower that just needs to open. I realize that there's a version of myself that has been trapped along inside uh, with a lot of those traumas. And so and, and when I say trapped, I guess I mean more you know, I buried it, we bury those things. And it's a it's a protective instinct that we have. And it was the intention of that was to bury this tender, gentle, sensitive, radiant part of me. And I believed I needed to do that to survive the trauma of my life, which maybe I did. But 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 in so doing, I kind of put this, this really special thing away. And, uh, and then what it ended up happening was all these other parts sort of start to show up and take over. And I've managed to create an incredible fortress of a personality that's very guarded and does an amazing job protecting me from the outside world or all the things it believes is a threat. And, but the truth is that those threats are not really even there anymore, most of them. And so all these protective parts are vigilant and, and running my life from this place of panic and worry, but the truth is they don't really need to anymore. And for me, one of the things I noticed in my particular case was that they keep me really buttoned up physically. So I'm scared to dance. I'm scared to sing. Uh, I'm scared to kind of move my body. I realize I've become this person who's a little bit terrified of my own body. I don't really know it. And I know intuitively that probably a lot of that is because I've stored a lot of this trauma in my body somewhere. And and maybe there's a protective mechanism that's like, hey, if you move it around too much, you're going to jostle some of that trauma out and you're going to have to deal with it. And it's better where it is. So just leave it where it is. But the truth is, I don't want to be that way. And I actually don't feel like I need to be that way anymore. It's really, it's habitual now. And it the truth is right now, it is, it is really safe to start to look at some of those things slowly. And, and that, that habit of keeping it guarded really is just from a lifetime of protecting myself. And so, so this week I'm dedicating some time for myself to just explore embodying. Um, and, and again, when I say self, I mean self with a capital S. I want to start to come into contact with this truest version of me. And what are some of the things I can do to help that part of me have a voice? And I think that that can be through movement because I think that part of us, that capital S self, is a wordless, timeless, very present being that can communicate with us, but not necessarily with language. Because, you know, language is, of course, the vehicle of ego and mind. And this self, this this intelligence, this wisdom speaks to us with a different language and in other ways. And I'm and I am starting to suspect that movement is a big key to that. So I want to share with you five things that we can do this week to begin to strengthen this connection with our both our protective parts, but also with our sense of self, so that ultimately the protective parts can hang back a little bit, realize that, that the war isn't on anymore, that it's safe for them to maybe even explore a new job opportunity within our being. Maybe they can help us with our creativity. Maybe they can have another job that's more fulfilling. Maybe they don't have to be so on guard right now. And what that can do is allow ourself, this wisdom, this knowledge, the truest essence of our being, 
back in the driver's seat of our lives so that we can live the lives we were meant to, we can find and express our purpose, and we can give and be of service the way we most deeply yearn to because ultimately, underneath all of it, that's what we're yearning for. We're yearning to be in service to one another and to this intelligence itself, to creativity itself. So let's talk about five things we can do this week to start to cultivate some of that connection. So the first one that seems so basic, but actually when you start to practice this, you realize that you probably haven't been doing it very much at all. And that is to ask yourself, what do you want to eat (laughs) or drink or do? So, you know, it's around lunchtime right now. I, I just ate my lunch about an hour ago and I knew it was kind of approaching lunchtime and I was starting to get hungry and starting to think about what I wanted to eat. And I started thinking about like, well, what would be good for me to eat right now? And what do I need? And should I have protein? And I, like, I got really in my head about what I needed to eat. And I realized, oh no, I'm going to ask my body what it wants to eat. And I just, you know, in, the, in my head, I just said, well, what would you like, sweetheart? And I have started calling myself sweetheart and I highly recommend it. It's a lovely, you don't have to do it out loud, but just when you're kind of, you know, having these little conversations with yourself throughout your day, just see what it feels like to come up with a little pet name for yourself. I find it quite sweet. It makes me very happy. So I said, sweetheart, what, what would you like to eat? Like, what do you want? If you could have anything right now, what would you like? And right away, egg on toast, please. (laughs) I was like, okay, done. And uh, so a couple things. One thing is it's important to listen to the tone of voice that's answering you when you ask that question because ego is really good at masquerading as self and it starts to understand what self sounds like and what and so it starts to mimic it and then it can actually start to kind of derail you with its own sabotage. It's a whole separate thing. We won't talk about that right now. But just notice the feeling tone of the answer that comes back. So for me, it was a very simple, it was just, there was no pushing, there was no begging, there was no urgency to it. It was just like an egg on toast, please. It was very, it felt very unloaded. And I, and there, once you start practicing this for a little while, I do think you start to feel, there's a feeling tone that comes with the answers when you know, like, oh, that came from my mind, or that came from ego, or that came from urgency or fear, or there's a feeling quality that you'll start to get better at identifying when it's coming from self. And so as you go about your week this week, ask yourself, sweetheart, what do you want? What would you like to eat right now? What would you like to drink right now? What would you like to do right now? Should we go for a walk? And we all have really busy lives. It's not just this indulgent thing that you're going to go around and and now you're only going to do the thing that you ask yourself to do. That's not what I'm saying. In as many times as you can, weaving it into your day, just find moments when you can check in with yourself and ask it what it wants. So that's one thing. And another one is yoga. And we all know, we all know that yoga is really good for us. And there's all kinds of ways that it strengthens connective tissues and lengthens your muscles and helps you with your breathing and relaxes you and opens you and strengthens. I mean, there's just no end of benefits to yoga. And I don't think it has to be something where you like go and you spend $500 on a monthly membership to the local yoga. You don't have to do that if you want to, but you do not have to do that. There are plenty of amazing free yoga tutorials online. You just have to Google them on YouTube. 
and uh, I signed up for a yearly subscription to a it's like a library of yoga classes. There's thousands of them. So I just type in yoga for runners. And, you know, on a day after I've gone on a big run and I can do a nice yoga that opens the hips and helps the knees and all those things. And I think committing to a movement practice like that is really especially important because over time you start to see how a practice like that is changing you and opening you. And I've been noticing that as I do more yoga, obviously the flexibility is changing and it is almost like a symbol, like as my muscles open and as my body opens, it's almost like a symbol of my overall opening. And so how can we integrate yoga into our lives? Maybe it's a 15 minute class three times a week. Can you do that? Can you find yourself 15 minutes for that? Uh, And I mentioned earlier that (laughs) I'm pretty zipped up. Uh, when it comes to dancing and singing. And so I've been finding ways for me to dance and sing in the car. Uh, As I'm driving, you know, the grocery store, I've started a little playlist for myself of songs that I love to belt out. And you know, even if you're not a natural singer, you know, I say natural singer in quotes, if you didn't come out into this world with a glorious voice without practice, I think we all love to sing. I think it's in us. I think music is just in us and we love to sing. And there are, you know, if you're not particularly good, quote unquote, at singing, there are still certain songs that, and maybe there's only two or three, but there are certain songs that whenever you sing them, you feel like, oh yeah, this song was written for my voice. I can sing this song. I can't sing 90% of the other songs in the world, but I can sing this one. Make a little playlist for yourself of the songs that your voice loves to sing. And when you're driving around, belt them out. Start to practice connecting your voice with the voice of the person in the song so you're almost trying to harm not harmonize but you're trying to uh, resonate your voice with their voice and see if you can go on a little musical journey with them together and even that with the sound waves opening you and let yourself dance a little bit and you could also have a little dance party in the morning you know my kids and I when they're here we often have little impromptu dance parties where we'll just especially if people are feeling like the kids are fighting a lot or people are stressed out or you can see that people are just like we've had too much homework and something is stressful. Breaking out into five minutes of just some crazy dance music is wonderful. Uh, Okay, the third one I have to share with you is one of my absolute favorites. And uh, actually last season at the end of the season, um, Autumn Sky, if you haven't listened to that episode, oh my gosh, go back and listen to Autumn Sky. Incredible wisdom, incredible woman beautiful shares, deep, deep, deep connection and wisdom pouring out of her in that episode. Please go back. But she she talks about it. And I, and I love that she shared this because it's something that I really like to do too. She shared that when she goes to a new, whichever she goes on vacation somewhere, one of the first things she does when she's dropped off her bags is goes and gets lost in the city that she's in uh, on purpose and has to have to kind of has to sort of wander her way back and find her way back and, and Well, we can't go on a vacation every week. We can certainly get lost in our own neighborhoods. And so I talk about this. So uh, this is something I call unscripted walking. And this is where you just look at your clock and you say, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to walk. I mean, we should all be walking for at least an hour every day anyway, right guys? But if we're not, (laughs) let's try to bring that into our lives because walking is so amazing. Um, But you give yourself a little 45 minute window or an hour or longer if you have the time and walk around your neighborhood, your very same neighborhood that you live in, but 
instead of having a plan about where you go, because we're creatures of habit, aren't we? We go out on our evening walk and it's the same route every, every stinking night. It's the same <laughs> route because that's how our brains work, right? We're efficient and we're amazing that way. But give yourself a couple walks where you just, it's not even that you're coming from your mind to try to do something differently. Come from your body. Go out of your front door before you turn right or left. Check in with your body. Which way does it want to turn? Don't ever think this. So really just ask it, right or left. And you'll. there's all kinds of ways that your body will tell you that. Maybe you feel a little heavier on your left side than your right side, and that means you want to go right. Or maybe it's the opposite for you. You'll know. You know. You're a finely tuned instrument of knowing. You'll know if you want to turn right or left and then go. And then, you know, do you want to stop and look at that leaf? Do you want to look up at that tree and see what that bird is? Do you feel like just stopping in the middle of the sidewalk for a minute and not going anywhere? Let yourself do all of those things for that walk and just see what happens. And we're not trying to make something happen. We're not actually trying to go out there and like, oh, and then I ran into this amazing person and there was this crazy serendipity. And no, no, we're not trying to facilitate a big experience. What we're trying to do is come into contact with this part of us that can navigate our lives better than our mind. And it, that comes from cultivating a deeper connection with, with this sense of, do I go right? Do I go left? Is this a yes or is this a no? Or do I go up? Do I go down? Am I hungry for an egg or do I want a piece of cheese? What We got to start to learn to understand the language that that intelligence speaks because it isn't verbal. And then the last one I want to offer you today is sketching without thinking. So, and if for, for the person listening to this right now going, well, yeah, but I'm not an artist and I don't sketch and I don't have it. Okay, stop. Go get yourself a sketchbook and get yourself a nice little pack of markers, not Crayola ones that are going to fade over time and not ones that cost, you know, $90 for a set of 24, but get yourself a nice middle of the road, good quality pack of markers and a sketchbook that has heavy paper in it. Ideally, if it's watercolor paper, would be great. But you can also get like a mixed media sketchbook. And they're not expensive. You know, you can get a really good mixed media sketchbook, eight and a half by 11 for like $12, I think. And be unscripted with yourself there too. So sketch without thinking. So the very first step is you open up your sketchbook and you lay out your markers in front of you. And you just look at the markers. You just take them in. You're not think. try not to bore down on them and stare at them and determine which color you want to use. It's more of an allowing. It's more like, can I get out of the way? Can I let the part of me that wants to create something good, even on this private sketchbook page in my own private journal, can that part just sit down for a minute, please? And make room for this other part to come out and play. Because there's another part that would pick orange instead of you know, the rational mind wants to pick blue because everybody likes blue and blue is my favorite color and all the reasons that you'd want to pick. There's this other part of you that wants to pick a different color because it's actually trying to tell you something. And you can only get that message if you let it move your hand and pick up the orange marker. And then what shape does that part of you want to create? Does it want to fill the page with that color? Does it want to do stripes or lines or dots? Is it moving quickly? Is it moving slowly? Let it lead you. Let it take you on an adventure. Imagine you have this friend inside of you that doesn't know how to talk, doesn't know how to speak your language, but has the most important message you'll ever hear 
inside waiting to share with you. And imagine yourself, you know, a scientist trying to come up with a way of understanding what that part of you is trying to say. So those are the five things that I'm going to be working on this week. And I would love to hear from you if you do any of these things or if you've already been doing some of these things and what comes up for you. I, I would really, 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 really love you to share that. You, I'd encourage you to post on Instagram and tag the Creative Genius Podcast, hashtag the Creative Genius Podcast. You can uh, tag me in your post too, at Kate Shepherd Creative. Uh, or you can find my email address on my website, katesheppardcreative.com and send me a direct message if you don't feel like being super public about it. But it can be really powerful to share some of these experiences with people because we're all having them. And I think we're all having them in a lot of times we're all having them kind of in private and not sure if we're crazy or weird or and sharing them with each other can be a powerful way to deepen our own practice with all of it. I really do feel like we have the capacity through simple things like this to to heal and transform our lives. We have imprisoned a part of ourselves deeply inside of us, but the good news is that it's inside of us. It's not somewhere else. We don't have to go looking anywhere else. It's all right inside. And all of the tools that we need to let that beautiful part of ourselves back up and out exist right here for us. So I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad you're listening. And I'm so happy to be embarking on season two of the Creative Genius Podcast with you. I feel full of excitement and gratitude and an aliveness that we're on this journey together. And I feel excited. Just I'm buzzing with the possibilities of everything that will happen for you and for me and for all of our guests this season. And I'm just so glad that we get to share it all with each other. And I'm so glad you're here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Make sure you're signed up for my newsletter. I pick a random person from my email list once every month and send them an original piece of my artwork. It's one of my favorite things to do. It takes a lot to put together the show. Please consider supporting me to do it. You can visit patreon.com slash creative genius podcast to find out more. And please keep my jewelry or paintings and especially gratitude birds, which keep selling out in mind next time you're looking for a treat for yourself or for a loved one. You can find everything I've mentioned on katesheppardcreative.com. Thank you for being here, for opening your heart and for listening. My wish and intention for this show is that it reach into your heart and stir the beautiful thing that lives in there. May you find and unleash your creative genius.